Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Deadly Class After Show. We are talking legacy hazing and the Victor Petra Billy introductions of their love triangles of the geometric shapes. Chico and Maria are doing things and Marcus has friends, bullies, and teachers. We have lots to talk about and the Russians fuck over Petra. Let's go. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. I challenge you to talk like that for the rest of the time that we are live. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV After Show. We're talking Deadly Class Season 1, Episode 3, Snake Pit. We have much to talk about. Legacy hazings, Victor's, Petros, and Billy's love triangle, Chico, Maria, and Saya, and Maria also has some secrets to expose that Chico may have talked about, and we also have the supremacists and Petra. I do not like capitalism, but we are talking about it with my co-host, Veronica Valencia. Hello. Now, but that, I don't know what I was going for. I, I was like a mixture of like trying good. to be normal. That was very good. I'm talking like this. You be killed by KGB very quickly. And Angelica... Trey. Angelica Trey. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Strasvitya. Oh, yeah. I immediately regret this. We are talking about show tonight. I'm going to stop doing that now. Welcome, guys. We have a lot to talk about. We have a little bit of time. We need more time, unfortunately, but we only have 30 minutes to break it down tonight. But that doesn't mean a bad thing. It means we just have to be more concise with our thoughts. And we're not being because we're just talking about accents and things like that. But yeah, as we said, we're going to be breaking it all down. I really want to know overall thoughts before we get into things, though. What did you think? Oh, I'm Steven, by the way. I forgot to introduce myself. Yeah, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, who? (laughs) In Soviet Russia, I am called moderator. You go ahead, Veronica. What did you think of the episode? I really loved this episode just because I think this episode we really got to see kind of what all of the students at King's Dominion really want. At least people like Maria and Saya as well as, you know, the rats of the class. Like, you really see, like, oh, they just kind of want a real-life happiness inclusion. And it shows, it adds dimension to their characters. They're not just assassins, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I definitely. mean, some of them barely that. Yeah, right. right. They can't even sneak up on people. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with that as well. Um, I liked seeing some of the sort of uh, caste system, I guess, so to speak, that goes behind King's Dominion. And also, (laughs) Master Lin, his boss? Yeah, there's more behind the scenes here. Setting things up, yes, exactly. I liked the the caste system pun, because, of course, uh, Billy and his cast, that was a good joke, Angelica. I'm going to call you out for your pun. (laughs) I I like the episode overall. Um, I really like the... Jurgen and Lynn drama. I'm oh, yeah. such a fan of the teacher drama, and Lynn is shaping up to be some kind of like, what is it? Willow is the is the movie where the dude controls all the rats. Or Willard. Is it? Willard. Willard. Lynn's Willow. like the Willard of <laughs> King's Dominion, where 
we kind of get a little bit of uh, insight to how the teachers work and how King's Dominion runs and what it what it's built for. So I'm excited. We can talk about that later in in the show. But first, I want to talk about the legacy hazing. What did you guys think of these these kind of things? I liked the rat stew. I was a big fan of the rat stew. Not the rat trap. Not the rat trap. What did you mm-hmm. get? What was your favorite one? My favorite one? Oh gosh! I mean, I think the most interesting one was just probably the rat stew in the sense it really showed how much more, excuse me, how much tougher Marcus is compared to everyone else. Like, he's really, because he had to live on the streets, and he's like, that wasn't my first rat stew. So I just thought, one was, thought that one was interesting, because, like, it didn't affect him. Mm-hmm. None of this probably really affects him, Definitely. if you think about it. Yeah, that was a good character-building moment, I think, for him, just him being like, this, I've already been through this, I've eaten some terrible things. <laughs> Do we think that, like, Hazing's a terrible thing in this show because I mean in, in my opinion the hazings that they did to people like the mellow yellow thing is messed up but like yeah. aside from that like the rats do it's not that bad a rat trap it's not that bad I mean they're in a school where they kill people I'd like it could be worse you bring up a really good point it could be worse like even some hazing you see in other types of TV shows are probably worse than a rats do so it's a good point I don't know. I still think the hazing was wrong and sad. And maybe it's just because it was happening to the characters that you know are nicer. Uh, Petra, for example. It's like you want to, like she, you know, she wants to be happy and be included and bad things were happening to her, so. You just think it's kind of weird that they would be so trusting of everyone else or she would be even trusting of Victor in something that's known as hazing week. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, can I just bring up for a second? I was a firm believer last episode that that was a fake out, that they did not do anything, but clearly I guess something happened. I don't know. I'm still holding on to the fact that they didn't go all the way. Maybe it was just a, you know. Oh, the party hookup? Blowjob? Is that what you mean? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. (laughs) That's what I think it was. I think it was just a blowjob, right? I don't don't think it was full on. I think it was like. I think it was. I you think, think it was? I think it was. I'm holding out hope that maybe it wasn't. No, I think she, I mean, I don't think she's any stranger to it. Like, I, and I'm not, like, trying to shame her in any way. But, like, he puts the freaking blow dart up to her mouth like, yes, I know your technique. Like, I think he gave her a, I think that, he got a yes. blow job. That was a good little hint towards perhaps what, what happened. happened. Yeah. yeah, unless he's, unless you think that was, again, might be part of hazing for him making everyone believe that they did more than they did. Ooh. I didn't even consider that. But at the same time, she seemed, I don't know, not like, ooh, gross, like, stop it, stop it, stop it. She, she almost kind of seemed like, oh, I don't want to remember. I yeah, don't want you I to think bring it up. I think she did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, what do all balls taste like? Goulash. There you go. All right. So we got to talk about the whole Victor, Petra, and Billy thing because it's really sad. Um, obviously, we end... We see in the show, Billy is dancing with her to the lady in red. I don't know. Thoughts? I liked it. I know. I was sitting right next to you when this came on. You were like, bad Bad timing. I personally liked it just because it shows how sweet Billy is and how and how his feelings for Petra are genuine. And again, this episode, we really got to see with Petra, you know, she has this um, stereotype of, oh, she's a goth, you know, she probably doesn't like anything or whatever but she has feelings she was hurt and it was nice to see that there was someone there for her yeah no I I could agree with that I I'm not gonna lie I was 
sort of shipping the uh, the Victor, Victor Petra. Petra thing, but that's okay. My world wasn't completely just shattered. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice to see Billy sort of cheer her up and, and give her a bit of a, a smile on her face towards the end because she rarely ever smiles in the show, and yeah. it was nice to see her a little happy for once. I don't think she deserved it. Why? I don't think she deserved what Billy did for her at the end. I don't think she deserved it. I think she deserved everything that happened to her in this episode. Because of what she did to Billy? Yeah, I think think if she's going to treat him that way, then she has to, like, make her bed and lay in it. I'm not saying they shouldn't be friends, and I'm not saying he shouldn't comfort her in some way, but that's, like, super romantic gesture after she just blew a guy to avoid having you talk to her. I just feel like it's a little bit... I would say that Bad was the timing. super romantic gesture. I'd say that was a pretty romantic gesture. Pretty romantic. It was, it com- was like a friendly it was a cheering friendly, up. Yeah, it was a, I, would, I could see it as a friendly cheering up, like Angelica said. I didn't see it Angelica that way said. at all. I didn't see it that way at all. That was a romantic gesture. They hugged. They didn't kiss. It was like she needed a hug. I get that she needed a hug. He literally, last time they talked, said, I love you. Like, well, that was a little weird on his side. It of was things. super weird on his side, but I mean, I can't blame her for reacting the way she did. I mean, we. I'm just saying, like on my side, I'm like, look, she kind of deserved to get screwed over in this moment. Not saying it should have long lasting ramifications, but she kind of deserved what she got. Stephen, I... let let him cheer. His friend up. She had a rough she night. She had a rough night, okay? <laughs> okay. I, I just, oh. You guys still shipping Petra and Billy at all? Well, I just wanted to throw it to Nass in the chat as saying, I didn't really like Billy this episode because he was being a dick all before. I'm tired of that trope of the nice guy becoming a dick when rejected, but then a nice guy again when they think the girl needs it. So if we're going That's off That's what of, I'm saying! Well, that is a trope. Going, yeah, that is a trope, sure. but if we're going off of that, then they're both dicks. Oh, they're both dicks for sure, but like... Dude, you can't. That's why I'm saying it's a romantic gesture. You're just like swooping in at the end. Like you're being a dick to her because you're trying to prove a point that what she did to you was wrong. And then the moment she's sad, you're just going to rush in there and pretend that everything's cool again because you might get your dick wet. Like, I'm sorry that that came out that way. <laughs> but I just disagree with. I, I mean, obviously, they're all teenagers, so they're making the decisions they're making because it's like they're young people. They're young yeah. teenagers. But I'm yeah. saying, like, I disagree with it. And I I definitely don't think they're getting together after this. I definitely, I think there's no way that she's ever going to go for Billy after this. I don't necessarily want them to get together. Still shipping um, Victor? Yeah. Darn it, Victor. You <laughs> ruined it. You ruined it. Um, you yeah, had a good thing going. I, yeah, I like that they were such different personalities, but whatever, it's fine. Victor, I'm not, I'm mad, actually. Yes, I'm mad. Um, but yeah, just going along with that, I think it was just a friendship thing, you know? They were all teasing Petra, and then once she ended up back on that rooftop afterwards, everyone sort of softened up, you know? I think that's just a friendship thing. I think that's just caring about each other. The rats care about each other. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yes. I would say so. Beautiful rat. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Chico, Maria, and Saya. So Maria and Saya are like besties. And then Chico is villainy. Kind of an asshole. Kind of. Only kind of, though. He's Mm. got his good qualities, right? Yeah. No. Mm. Oh, you're right. He's passionate. That's good quality. He's a a man with a plan. Yes. He's there when you don't need him. 
very accurate. Um, so she asks for one night off. He doesn't give it to her. He shows up and he tells Saya, "Hey, she's using you. She's playing you just like I taught her." Ooh. Real or not real? Is he telling Saya the truth? I think he might be telling partially the truth. I think maybe at one point in their past, that's how he manipulated Maria, and she used to really go along with that. But I think since entering King's Dominion, and I mean, I don't know what the show is, um, what the show will say her past is, but I think since entering the school and she kind of developed a friendship with Maria, uh, not Maria, uh, Saya, I think she's starting to change. Her way, so I think maybe in the past that's how she was with Chico. And I'm sure Chico, since he's so manipulative, I'm sure he gets information out of Maria. But at the same time, Saya seems pretty tight-lipped about what's going on. I've mostly, you know, all the scenes we've seen with them together, they're talking about boys, they're talking about you know, going out or feeling sane or their future, but they're not quite talking about the inner workings of each gang or anything like that, you know? Well, it just seemed interesting when Maria told Saya, you know I'm crazy, right? And Saya doesn't want to believe it, but I feel like there's another side of Maria that we're not seeing. And when she goes off her meds... I definitely believe that there's another side. There's definitely that possibility. Do you think if she goes off her meds, she's back to Chico's side, though, and will betray Saya? Mm. I think Maria's just a bit of a wild card right now. Like, we... Honestly, we did first get introduced to her character with those, you know, with the medication. Mm -hmm. We will sort of see... I feel like right now she's been trying to just play Chico and get away from him. But, yeah, I I definitely think she's a little bit under his thumb. What with, you know, when he asked her to go out or what was it? And that that one scene, she ended up... um, just turn it like saying I need a break. Yeah, and then and backing then off. Backing off. Yeah, she's definitely afraid of him. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a power thing going on here. Yeah, it's interesting because but Chico knew the story so well. It's almost like she's like told the story like hundreds of times. I, I maybe honestly, it's, maybe it's true. Maybe that is what she wants. And because Chico is her boyfriend, I'm saying that in quotes because of their relationship is toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's true. And she does just say it a lot because that's what she genuinely wants, but he yeah. doesn't believe it because he wants to manipulate her into doing what he wants to do. But then there was the line where they walk away and Saya says, or Marie asks, what did he say? And Saya says, just like you said. So I'm curious if they're playing Chico now, too. So there's like all sorts of different things going on. I'm just excited for the next episode to know where they're going to take these characters. I don't know if Chico makes it to the end of the season or not. I think if any character is expendable, he might be the one. Uh, Let's move on to Marcus. Ooh, Marcus. 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 All right, now that we all Marcus. <laughs> We're all Marcus out. We're all Marcus out. Marcus had a pretty big episode. We we started off, you know, seeing some backstory stuff going on with that. You know, back at the, what was it, Boys Home? Boys Home. Boys Home. Him and... Fuckface. There you go. Yes. Yeah, say, <laughs> say, say it. I can say, I can say, say Chester. Chester, okay. Ooh, okay. Chester Cheeto. Sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going with it. Uh, Yeah, back in the boys' home, we're brought back to the animation aspect of the episode. Love that they're doing this at least once an episode. Uh, I think next episode they're doing Maria's. I saw something on Twitter about about Maria getting her. Yay! 
oh, her cartoon I'm so excited. moment. Oh, I'm yeah, so excited. I think it was the Deadly Class Instagram or was the Deadly Class Twitter like posted a screenshot of her in the skull makeup like animated. Oh man, I love I, a good backstory. I yeah. love I, a good backstory. I love a good backstory. I love her get up. Her like mm. I'm in the zone like battle gear. She's like yeah, a yeah. She's up. like a superhero it. almost. She is. Yeah. She's dope. Puts she's, on her she's garb. Really, she's great. Oh. Yeah, makeup. She's mm-hmm. got, yeah, she's just got her brand. It's so nice. <laughs> so we're introduced to Marcus. Um, throughout the season, we're kind of viewing his ideal ideology changing and growing. So, like, the beginning, it becomes, like, a nihilistic attitude towards the world, and now it's moving towards more, like, the reasons behind why things are the way they are and the reasons why people act the way they do. And in the same episode, as he's talking about the reasons why people act the way they do, we're dealing with him and Billy. No, him and Willie. Willie. Him and Willie and how Willie kind of sets him up. Not sets him up, but kind of like ditches him in the moment when he needs him. And then we get the res- resolve at the end where he saves the day in, in a way to, to mm-hmm. bring back their friendship for patriotism. Um, I'm curious what you guys' thoughts on their relationship are in terms of like, where you see it going? Do you think they're going to be tight-knit for the rest? Like, are, are they boys forever now? Or, like, what's the deal? This is a slow bonding, I think, experience. You know, like, this series that's going to just slowly, slowly build. I, I definitely think it started off sort of, you know, acquaintances, help me with my project, and then it's blossoming. It's finally, like, you're watching each character, but mostly, mostly uh, Billy, Willie. <laughs> Willie. These names. Willie. Why are they right? Willie. Uh, watching Willie sort of come into his own and, and really stand up for himself past that facade that he's been building up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Angelica. I think that it's a friendship that is slowly in the works. I do have to admit, um, last week's episode, I was kind of frustrated with Marcus just because he was continuously on Willie for kind of putting up this facade and, you know, just telling all these lies. And then I was thinking, oh, well, it's because, you know, Marcus doesn't fully understand people need to keep up appearances in order to protect themselves. But this episode, I felt like I was more on Marcus's side where I do agree, you know, Willie, you, you know, if you, it's kind of bad. It's really cruddy of you to, like, be his friend in private and dismiss him in public. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact at the end that there was that resolve that Willie did kind of step in to help him. And I think it will be a very slow friendship as they are trying to break that mold. Willie trying to get away from having to always put up appearances and Marcus having to understand there are certain things you kind of have to abide by here for your safety. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if Willie's going to keep it in public, though. That's the thing. He says one thing, does another. Just like last episode. Like, he says they're cool, and then, like, it's just they're not cool. Because you'd think that after last episode, they would be okay this episode, even, like, in the brief interaction they have in public. And he's, like, basically, like, step off. So they get the the resolve, the resolution, but... Will it continue? I'm kind of, like, on the fence about it. Well, we saw that resolution happen in private. So definitely there's going to be a struggle, I think, you know, still in the the hallway, the school hallway, so to speak. There is probably still going to be some sort of that facade, I'm sure. But I definitely think Marcus's character is just bringing in that monkey wrench into this whole structure in the school. 
Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. But yes, with Willie, I, I think this is more of something. This is kind of showing his internal process where he realized it's about community and supporting the people that actually support you back um, despite appearances. So, yeah. And it's kind of like juxtaposed with Petra's situation as well. So his his patriotism speech and then Willie quantifying patriotism as the community that you're involved with as opposed to the greater governmental good is kind of the legacies are the greater governmental good in this episode. And Petra is trying to introduce herself to have that patriotism to learn if she is somebody who could buy into that. Mm-hmm. And she is so brutally told no. It's like a carry situation over there. Kind of, yeah. I honestly felt something was going to be up. I didn't think that Victor was genuine, but it still sunk my heart when it actually happened, where he's just like, a rat is always a rat, or something like that. You gotta do the accent. Oh, gosh, no. Steven <laughs> can do it. A rat is always rat. There you go. <laughs> um, Victor's probably hooking up with every single white supremacist in that school. Oh, yeah. He's like the only guy in that bathroom, and they're like, he's like their bodyguard, kind of. He's their weird gigolo Russian dude, kind of, right? Uh, I think it's weird. I think, like, they have, there's, like, no guys in that group, and then Victor. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is weird. Um, and I don't get why they make the Russian guy a supremacist, too. But I think there are several different, like, there's guys and girls in that, that okay. particular group. It's just he led her into what looked like a girl's bathroom, so there's going to be a group of girls. I, I think it was just insinuating that... Petra, you know... He's tight-knit with them, though. He's super tight-knit with them. Or is, is that just, he? like, the hazing group? Maybe that's just the hazing group, because from what we have seen, Maria's group, as well as Saya's uh, group, the Kuroki Syndicate, and Final World Order were not really as much of a part of it. Like, a lot of the hazing was from those two groups. Got it. So maybe it's just, like, certain people take part and certain people don't really care too much. Um, so moving back to Marcus... I like that Marcus is kind of teacher's pet in a way, uh, mostly with Jurgen, not with like the other teachers so much. But I, I like that he has this relationship and we get like a brief moment of clarity between Marcus and Jurgen where Jurgen's like, don't come to the final exam, learn what you need to and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious as to what the final exam is going to be. And... I wonder if Marcus will tell Willie now, because that's what he was trying to tell Willie when Willie shoved him off. I am very curious, and I think whatever the final exam ends up being, it must be something that obviously gives Jurgen some humanity, because I'm sure he's had to endure a lot of whatever this final exam is, and I feel like it's a lot... It's just very unfortunate for all of the students, and I don't know, maybe it's... He said, like, um, Masterlin is compromised at the end, so I don't know, maybe it's just he, like I said, he gets some humanity back because he doesn't like whatever this final exam does to the students. I don't know. Yeah, we definitely related a lot more with Jurgen's with Jurgen this episode, but what I want to know is, is this final exam per teacher per professor, per class, or is it just one big exam that everyone has to go through? Well, I'll tell it to my camera that it is the 100th annual Hunger Games! (laughs) It's very Hunger Games. It feels very Hunger Games. You You have the teams that are, like, built for it, the teams that are grown, and he says that. It's like, they grow up learning this stuff. And then you have the rats. 
And I feel like it becomes Hunger Games with District 12 just being picked off like people who don't know what the hell they're doing. Oh, District? But Benjamin, our Mr. Marcus, is our Katniss Everdeen. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You even did the... You gotta do the whistle. You did the thing. Where's the whistle? I don't know what the whistle is. That sounds pretty good. That was basically it, yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's gonna be like total mayhem. I just want to give a shout out to the chat. Uh, Juan Romero is is suspecting final exam is going to be a battle royale, and Alyssa Ramos thinks apparently rats don't survive the final exam. So everyone's kind of on that same uh, flow of battle royale, fight to the death, something's going to happen. That's what the final exam is. But what I do get kind of feels for, and that's that's a good prediction too. I what I do get feels for is that possibly other groups of rats don't develop any tight-knit community among each other. Interesting. So, like, previous classes of rats, we don't don't develop the friendships like we are seeing between Lex, Petra, Billy, and Marcus, is what you're saying. Yeah, because just because they're outcasts doesn't... Maybe they hang out together out of, like, necessity just to hang out together, but, like, possibly there hasn't been, and this, is, this episode's important for that because it creates that sense of community... And this is basically creating that sense of community among the rats. They, like, Billy is there for Petra. Uh, the other people are pretty much there for Petra. They they take revenge for her sake. They take revenge against the hazing students, and apparently that wasn't a thing that normally happened, where they took the ink, put it in the packages, and sent it to everybody. So this is the first, in my opinion, this is the first group of rats that are actually congregating as if they are their own legacy. And can you say Marcus is the one who plays the big part in that? I think so. Mm-hmm. Because you need a driving force of something. And what is the driving force? He says it to the teacher. I hate bullies. And what are the legacy students if not just all just bullies? Mm-hmm. So I, I like it. I think we have we have a new legacy starting with the rats. The rats are their own legacy group. I don't know. No, no I definitely like that idea of the community between the rats. And it's a good point because I never once thought of, oh, maybe previous rats in the school never came together. Maybe they all just stayed separate. Or maybe they tried to fit in with one of the other groups instead of being together. Yeah, and I think, uh, I guess it's more of a prediction. I'm sorry. Um, But I think Willie's going to get kicked out of his group. Willie's going to get kicked out? Yeah, I think Willie's going to become an outcast if he sticks up for Marcus again. Mm. Well, did they witness that at the dance? Did they witness the Willie standing up? But Chico knows. Chico's got connections, man. Hmm. Yeah. Vato, right? What are they called? Soto Vatos? Soto Vatos. <laughs> I don't think solo, otherwise they'd all be separate. <laughs> Han, Han Solo Vatos. There would be no group. There would be <laughs> no a group community. there. Or the, the Lone Rangers. <laughs> oh, man. Airheads reference. Um, So... Yeah, I'm excited for where we're going with this. We can talk about the new character that's been introduced. I Before I say anything, I want to know what you guys think of the mistress. I don't know what her oh, name is. I'm calling her the mistress. I mean, she has some power, and she is terrifying just by going in her office, seeing the dominance she has over all those people who are just standing there, who are basically her furniture. I'm very curious to see what happens when someone crosses her. Definitely. That was some... I mean, I think she turns them into furniture. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You become my chair. (laughs) She goes to Ikea, picks up a few assassins. It was definitely a 
uh, did anyone else think of this like a Fight Club moment? Tyler, they make them stand outside. It's like a hazing. It's oh, kind of like yeah. a hazing, and they have to get through it. It's excruciating. There's been many other practices like this in history, but definitely introducing her character, and then she pets a man's head, and you realize she's sitting on somebody. Kind of terrifying, and definitely a huge, huge power play move, and kind of establishes um, this lady is not someone to mess with. Yeah, she has more power than I think any character we've seen in this show. Uh, puts Wong, or sorry, not Wong, uh, Lin, on a level lower than, like, he has to walk through a square door to get through. So they do a really good job of developing the kind of dynamic between the people in the head of King's Dominion and the people that are not at the head of King's Dominion. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that door crouch that Master Lin had to do, just... Uh, the Wes Anderson introduction? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That was such a power play. That was such a power play that basically before you meet up with the mistress, you have to bow down. So I thought that was really interesting. Ooh. Ooh. I like this because I didn't think of that either. Oh, oh, Get on the knees and crawl through the door. I am I am very well equipped. I don't know. I studied this a lot, so I'm <laughs> I'm very big on the whole nonverbal Giving power you some play. Side eyes right exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to see your furniture. Oh. <laughs> uh, but something oh, we man. need to know, Angela. Uh, I mean, that's for a later later conversation. I'm I'm curious to know what your all's philosophy is on what's happening at King's Dominion right now. Um, I'm gonna pitch what I kind of feel is going on. I feel like King's Dominion was a place developed to breed the best of the best assassins through uh, hardship. The The rats are actually the only people who are going to this school. Uh, everyone else is at the school, but they're not the target. But the rats have just time and time again failed out and been killed because the mistress or whatever, they're looking for the best of the best and they don't uh, sacrifice anything. Just like he said, a reed needs to bend. Um, I don't think they'll bend at all. And she says that with the people who stand in a room for 12 hours at a time for an ideal. And I think it's interesting that you both said earlier that you agreed with Jurgen's take on King's Dominion. When he's talking to Lynn and he says that he's talking about the old man who dedicates his entire life for a cause and then realizes that the cause is faulty and regrets it, but then sticks with it because he's been compromised and he dies compromised. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. I agree with Lynn because I feel like there's a purpose for all of this and she's uncompromising because there's a reason that all of this needs to happen and Lynn is not somebody who's dying compromised. I think Jurgen is somebody who's compromising himself. But do you think that whatever it is, it's just a false ideal? Like, he in his mind thinks, oh, this is necessary, but maybe it's not to someone like Jurgen. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you, he, he said the, the thing, you, you walk down a path until you slowly realize that it's not your right. path anymore, and they train you. But I feel like, you know, once, you're, once you have that power, you have the power to choose your own path. So if they're breeding these people to make what they want and kind of get what they want, then whether or not you go through their means to receive it, once you have it, you do what you want with it. Just as the mistress is doing. Mm -hmm. So unless she's compromised. But it doesn't seem like she's a person who would compromise anything. She seems like so by the book to what King's Dominion stands for. Mm -hmm. Well, I... Sorry, were you going to... 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to piggyback more so off of what you were saying, Stephen, is I think very similarly to your theory. The only thing I disagree with slightly is that I think there is a slight hope Lynn is trying to find um, people who will break off from the mold in all of the legacies because Jurgen makes a good point of like, oh, the rats are kind of like the ones that matter because the legacies, their paths are already written. They don't care what I teach them. Like, they're going to go their own ways because they already have a path. I think Lynn has a theory, well, not a theory, but I think Lynn has a hope that even in those big groups, he will still find someone. And I don't know, I'm assuming maybe Saya is helping him from the little meetings that they're having. I was going to say all the leaders, but clearly I feel like Chico and Willie are not involved in this in the slightest. So I would agree with most of your theory, and that's just the one little thing I disagree with. But to that point, I think that Lynn is bending slightly for the sake of the rats. I think Saya being involved is bending slightly for the sake of a rat, for the rats because Lynn is kind of doing things. Even then, she said you're not going to let a friendship get in the way of what we've built here, and he still let Jurgen go with a head start and a glass shard in his back, no doubt. But I view it more as like an Alan Turing kind of thing of like they've done the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and it's never worked. And Jurgen has lost faith, and Lynn is on the verge of losing faith, and this is the season of the rat with Marcus is going to return that faith in King's Dominion to Lynn. And Lynn is hope, putting all of his faith in Marcus right now because if one more group of rats dies and goes away, I think Lynn breaks. I, I definitely, I see some some patterns here. Uh, one, I did love that that fight scene with Jurgen and Lynn. Mm-hmm. Lynn's got a soft spot. Hey. Um, which was nice to see. Right We've above been... the kidney. Oh, yeah, right there. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that the impression I've gotten so far is that it's been about the rats this whole time. We've been hearing repeatedly, you know, sort of mantras along the line of this whole school was built off of the peasants mm-hmm. rising up against the masses. What What's a better class to represent the peasants than the rats? Am I mm-hmm. right? And furthermore, I just got some vibes that maybe there were powerful families and they were putting their kids in here. Maybe they're help fa- funding this school, but definitely the King's Dominion is not necessarily set up for the other legacies and these other sort of rich kids, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, we are out of time, unfortunately. we got to do, like, an episode where we start on time. I'm sorry. It's all on me this week. Um, the last thing I'll mention before we wrap out is the we're introduced to the teacher who is a psychopath, and he talks of resentments. And I think resentments are going to be very important in this show when you're talking about the peasants taking on the upper class, is if you were to breed a rat in captivity that bred resentments against people that it could kill... What better way than the next class of the hierarchy? And just as you were saying, if they were to have people, like, if they taught Marcus all these skills with nobody else involved, he's only going after Reagan. But if they introduce him to a group of people who are all assholes to him and his friends, they create a patriotic community around that, protecting his friends from these assholes. He now has resentments to all these assholes. Mm -hmm. And that is the peasants taking on the legacies. So... You're smart. You're smart. Thanks. We're all smart. Eh, I'm not. Eh, I'm just kidding. I was giving. Uh, I, was, I, was, I know I was you were. Thank you uh, so we're much, everybody, for tuning in. He doesn't even take my compliments anymore. I'm so bad at it. 
Oh, uh, thank you for watching show tonight. We're talking Deadly Class. We will be back next week, same time, same place, at the AfterBuzz TV studios. Where can we find you on the socials of media? Everyone, Veronica Valencia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. And I'm Angelica Trey. You can find me on Twitter and most other places at A-Trey, A-Y-Y-T-R-A-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux and also streaming Twitch on twitch.tv slash afterbuzz. I'm playing Magic the Gathering lately, guys, so that's pretty, pretty fun. I'm a total fucking nerd. Uh, we will see you guys <laughs> next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.